to the captain's spot. I'm your host, Justin Freeman, six foot one inches, 275 pounds of fantasy knowledge. It's week 10, Thursday night edition, AFC Clash between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. This looks like it should be an interesting game from a showdown perspective. We were talking about a game with a 48 and a half point total. The Titans home team favored by one. We've got Derrick Henry, smash mouth offense going up against Phillip Rivers, who's been on the heater lately. I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, Phillip Rivers just throwing the ball all over the yard. Before we hop into this week 10 matchup, quick reminder, like, rate, review, subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it. YouTube, Captain Spot podcast feed, wherever you're getting the show. Give us thumbs up. Let us know how you're feeling. Drop something in the comments. It would mean a lot. I really appreciate it. But let's hop into this slate where, again, we're talking about Week 10, guys. We uh, we know about these teams at this point. We know what we're working with. We know how the Titans want to play football. We know uh, what the Colts are doing. The Colts having a hard time running the football. They you know invested heavily in Jonathan Taylor trying to get a rushing attack going. Can't seem to get the game going on the ground. Uh, that is aside from Jordan Wilkins, who seems to be sort of outplaying Jonathan Taylor at the moment. You'll remember sort of cold weather narratives from years past surrounding Derrick Henry. We're in the middle of November. It's going to be November 12th as we uh, have this game played in Tennessee. And uh, not that it's particularly cold, but we know the narrative is as the season goes on, Derrick Henry gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So, you know, what will the model say as far as who's going to be the ultimate captain tonight remains to be seen. But uh, there's some really interesting things for us Uh, to take account. Let's take a look at the injury report this week where uh, A.J. Brown had popped up on the injury report earlier in the week, uh, had a knee injury. Everything's good to go with A.J. Brown, no questions about that. Adam Humphreys still reeling from the concussion. He'll be out this week. Uh, Also, tight end Michael Pruitt will be out this week as well. Uh, Pruitt actually a guy who sort of changes a lot of dynamics. Um, The Tennessee Titans love throwing the ball to the tight end position. We'll talk about Johnny Smith. We'll talk about Anthony Ferkser. Both those guys are going to get nice little nudges in terms of target expectation in a game without Michael Pruitt. So we talk about this all the time with guys further down the depth chart. Sounds like Michael Pruitt being out. Who cares? This is showdown. Allocating those extra 2 to 3% to each of those players that we would have ordinarily given to Pruitt makes a big difference. On the other side of the football, looking at the Colts, They've got a banged-up tight end room as well. Jack Doyle is a concussion. He will be out this week. We'll see T.Y. Hilton return, but Mo Alley-Cox, another guy in tight end position uh, with a knee injury, he's listed as questionable. We want to keep our eye on him for now. We're projecting him in the game, but that's still very much up in the air. Make sure we're catching the news. Make sure we are looking at inactives right before lock. Overall, that's the state of the game as we enter it here. Again, 48.5 point total, that's a healthy number. Uh, We can score points there. We want to sort of avoid the uh, low ceiling players, I think, in this game. We're going to see points scored. Uh, That's not going to be a problem. Uh, Less attracted to defenses. Uh, Kickers are very much in the consideration, but less attracted to defenses in a game like this. Um, So why don't we take a look at the pricing where we'll start with the quarterback position. It's Phil Rivers, 9,800. Ryan Tannehill, 11-2. And I mentioned this. People don't realize just how well Phillip Rivers is playing. I mean, he's throwing the ball all over the place, and the uh, Colts' offense is moving primarily through the air. And so can Phillip Rivers continue 
what we've seen so far. I mean, he's the fourth highest priced guy on the slate playing the quarterback position. And, you know, as we look back at, at what he's done, um, has a couple 300 yard games under his belt so far this year. And so, you know, having that ceiling demonstrated from Phillip Rivers, you know, and he had a three touchdown game, uh, not this past week, but the week before, three touchdowns the week before that as well. So overall, I mean, drew a tough matchup last week against Baltimore, but this is not as touch of, tough of a matchup here going up against the Titans. Uh, the thing with Philip Rivers that makes it tough, and this is you know more true in traditional classic format DFS, is he's really tough to know which pass catchers to pair him with. Um, you know, even if you project a good game for Philip Rivers, you know, who do you match him with? And we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into the receiver section. Ryan Tannehill, a guy who's you know hasn't lit it up as much as he did earlier this season. Um, but so far, you know, coming off a 158-yard performance in Week Nine, um, you know, hasn't had a three-touchdown game since Week Six. But uh, I think a lot of positive regression heading back to the way of Ryan Tannehill it seems to sort of yo-yo with Tannehill. But we've seen this offense just sort of click on all cylinders with Tannehill leading the charge. Obviously, as we talk about the running back position, Jonathan Taylor, 8,800. At this point, it, it's honestly hard to know which player should be forecast for more touches between Jonathan Taylor and $5,400 Jordan Wilkins in this offense. I mean, Wilkins is just outplaying Jonathan Taylor, plain and simple at this point. And I don't know what it is. Um, you know, if we look back at the, the rush attempts over the last two weeks, Wilkins, 53% and 52% of the team's rushes in the last two weeks. Jonathan Taylor, 28% and 29%. That's not good enough for Jonathan Taylor. Um, there was some allusions to the fact that Jonathan Taylor may be dealing with a little bit of an injury, but if that's the case, even more reason to fire up Jordan Wilkins at a discount. So we're getting a $3,400 discount to play Jordan Wilkins instead of Jonathan Taylor. As we look at Naheem Hines, I mean, he's the guy who's just not going to get there on rushing alone. Uh, we haven't seen huge rushing uh, volume days for Naheem Hines. His damage has always been done in the passing game, so he sort of makes for a natural pairing with Phillip Rivers. You know, in games where Rivers is really throwing it all over the yard, uh, that's those are games where Naheem Hines is typically on the field a bit more. 6,200 for Hines, probably not a direction I'm as interested in going. Now, keep in mind, this is DraftKings. This is PPR scoring. Easier for a guy like Hines to get there on a handful of targets as opposed to you know Wilkins and Taylor trying to just emerge through uh, rushing volume alone. Derrick Henry sort of talked about him already, a guy who will kind of continue to forecast for more and more and more work throughout the rest of the season but has started to get a little bit of his workload uh, you know, infringed upon by Deontay Foreman. De Deontay Foreman, $600 this week, and, and has been on the field a little bit more. Uh, last two weeks, he started with the team 10% uh, 15% of the team snaps. Not a big deal. But 17% and 16% of the team's rush attempts in the last two weeks. Uh, not as much, uh, not as exciting to think about using Deontay Foreman, but just a little bit of a knock against Derrick Henry's volume. Um, you know, the, the week before, let's let's look at the two weeks before Deontay Foreman started playing. Derrick Henry had an 81 and an 87% rushing market share on his team. Now, enter Deontay Foreman, it goes from 81 and 87 to 62 and 68 these past two weeks. So, you know, that may not sound like a, a huge deal, but 
believe me, like if you go from giving Derrick Henry 25 carries in a game to giving him 20 carries in a game, or go from giving him 20 to giving him 15, that makes a big difference in what we expect moving forward each and every week. Jeremy McNichols, uh, a, a guy I should mention, he's the one who's been getting more of the, you know, sort of, he's been spelling Derrick Henry more directly, whereas Deontay Foreman's been sort of mopping up. But Jeremy McNichols, another guy who's, you know, he, I don't know that we can say he's in contention at $200. Um, you know, we're, we're probably looking for guys, and I mentioned this you know, in the intro, we're looking for guys with a little bit higher ceiling in a game that we expect to be relatively high scoring. Let's look at the pass catchers where we mentioned the Indianapolis side of the ball being particularly difficult to figure out as it comes to, you know, who to, who to pair with Phillip Rivers. And with the return of T.Y. Hilton, and we obviously have gotten the return of Michael Pittman uh, as of last week, excuse me, oh, two weeks ago. And so what will we expect moving forward now that we have both of those guys in the lineup together along with Zach Pascal. So, you know, Pittman's missed a lot of this season. We don't have a large sample of all of these guys playing in the same offense together. So what do we expect? Um, well, I think one thing to keep in mind are roles in the offense because Marcus Johnson, $5,200, is right there in consideration as well. So we've got four receivers all priced within $2,000 of each other. Michael Pittman, 4400 Marcus Johnson, 5,200. T.Y. Hilton, 5,800. Zach Pascal, 6,400. So somebody's got to be the odd man out in this situation. If we look at sort of snaps over the last several weeks, uh, Marcus Johnson has been a guy who's seen his snaps increase with the absence of T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, Michael Pittman obviously coming back was pretty much a full-time player. Marcus Johnson and, and Michael Pittman were full-time players while Zach Pascal played about 60% of the snaps. And I think it's important for us to, to know who's running out of the slot. And in this offense, it's Zach Pascal who's going to run the majority of his routes out of the slot. Marcus Johnson plays outside. Michael Pittman plays outside. Guess what? T.Y. Hilton plays outside also. There's only two people that can play outside on the field at the same time. So if we think Hilton is going to be more or less a full-time player like he was before his injury, and I do think that, I think we can safely assume that. And I think we can also safely assume that the rookie Michael Pittman uh, who they have all this draft equity invested in, is going to be the other outside starting receiver, then I think that means Zach Pascal is going to be your slot guy. He's going to be seeing you know, a slot percentage of snaps. That's going to be somewhere in the 60 75% range total snaps, whereas Pittman and Hilton may rarely leave the field. That leaves Marcus Johnson as the odd man out. So, uh, yeah, I always hate to just completely say fade a guy in showdown, but to me, Marcus Johnson, 5,200, is a guy who, if we're doing a little bit of reverse engineering, we're going to say uh, doesn't make as much sense in this in this particular lineup with Hilton back, with Michael Pittman active. Um, we think Marcus Johnson will be the you know the, the guy left holding the bag, so to speak. At the tight end position, Trey Burton, Mo Alley, Cox, they're going to take over um, in in a game without Jack Doyle. Um, you know there there may be a, a third tight end active. In this game, it might maybe, and I don't even know how to say the guy's name, Noah Togiai, uh, but he has been active in a handful of games so far this year. Maybe he'll be active this week with Jack Doyle out. Anyway, no, no major need to worry about him or any particular volume. Don't see a target registered to him all year long. So a boost to Trey Burton's playing time, a boost to Mo Ali Cox's playing time. And these are guys who we've seen get reasonably decent, uh, you know, receiving market share in the past, target market share 
And so I think Trey Burton is a guy who's going to be a direct beneficiary here. We've also seen Trey Burton, you know, get rush attempts in this offense. So don't be surprised if all of a sudden you see an end zone rush for Trey Burton results in a touchdown. Another way that Phillip Rivers could get left, uh, you know, on the outside looking in. Uh, DeMichael Harris, another guy I want to touch on. He's more of a wild card play, but has been an explosive player since he joined this offense. He's priced at $1,800, plays the wide receiver position. He would just be used sparingly, you know, probably going to project to get around 25% of the snaps or so. But if he comes in and plays, I mean, he is sort of a big play guy that they would, you know, probably draw up one or two plays a game for. On the Tennessee side of pass catchers, A.J. Brown, 10-4. He is a beast, man. I just don't know what else to say about A.J. Brown. He's going to project for a monster load of targets in this game as well. He's really been getting fed a lot lately. And with uh, Adam Humphreys out this game, A.J. Brown just really locked in value there at 10-4. Corey Davis, 7,800. Dealing with a little bit of a, well, not a little bit, a major family tragedy is Corey Davis. Um I hate to speculate on narratives around that, but uh, you know, keep that in mind. Seventy-eight hundred dollars there for Corey Davis has been getting really good volume. Um, you know, we look back at Corey Davis's usage; he's averaging twenty-four percent of the team's targets on the year. Uh, he's been as high as thirty-three percent in two of the last three weeks. Very encouraging usage there um, for Corey Davis. Uh, as we look at some of the other options. Johnny Smith, Anthony Ferkser. We talked about the, the tight end group there for the Titans. I just, I've got to hype up my guy, Anthony Ferkser. It's like every few weeks, it's a big Ferkser week. $2,200 for a guy who's going to project to get about 12% of the team's targets in this game. You know, Anthony Ferkser, people hate to, hate to see this, but Anthony Ferkser averaging more targets on the year than Johnny Smith. 17% of the team's targets for Anthony Ferkser, 15%. For Johnny Smith, and obviously he had that big game when uh, you know Johnny went down early, got a ton of targets. But I mean, overall, I think people forget just you know, how big of a part of the offense Ferkser is. He gets, uh, he, he doesn't get there with a ton of snaps. You know, Johnny Smith's the guy who's on the field and running all the routes all the time. But Ferkser getting targeted a lot on each of those routes. Uh, one of my favorite plays there at twenty two hundred dollars. Khalif Raymond, probably the number three receiver in this offense at $1,000. Um, you know, the, the team's going to run a lot of two tight end sets, but you know, Khalif Raymond will be the guy when they go three, as well as Cameron Batson. I think Raymond and Batson are going to sort of trade off number three duties. $200 for Cameron Batson. I don't have much to say about Batson, but at least Khalif Raymond is a deep play threat. You can certainly justify playing him at $1,000. I mean, it makes more sense to me than playing, you know, some of the, the third-string running backs like Jeremy McNichols or somebody like that at similar price points. Nick Westbrook, $200, just not playing enough right now as long as everybody's healthy. Um, you, know, it, it, you know, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, we were seeing Nick Westbrook get, you know, a, a large number of snaps, and he was interesting at that point, less interesting here now. So let's take a look at our captain. It's A.J. Brown week, guys. Uh, my favorite play on the board, A.J. Brown. He's just locked in for a monster load in terms of volume, and he is such a big play threat. And we're not worried about what he could do about this Colts defense. I mean, he is legitimately a grown man for sure, as is his teammate Derrick Henry, who profiles as the number two option there for the Titans at the captain spot before we get to our first Colt, Phillip Rivers. And, you know, you notice that the captain quarterbacks tend to rise on teams where you know who don't have – a clear alpha receiver. 
and obviously the Colts do not have a clear alpha receiver. There are about five guys who are all capable of leading this team in fantasy points at you know any of the receiving positions. And so Phillip Rivers is a guy who lets you get the biggest piece of all of that. He could clearly pay off with three touchdowns, all to three separate guys, and be the number one captain. Trey Burton, the next guy on the list, followed by T.Y. Hilton and Corey Davis, and then Ryan Tannehill. Uh, definitely like A.J. Brown much more than Tannehill um, in, in a showdown format. Looking at the flex appearances, obviously top two quarterbacks are our two favorite people to try to force into the flex, followed by Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Trey Burton, T.Y. Hilton. You'll see Naheem Hines there. Hines a great way to use that known PPR floor to get right into your lineup. A great way to, to build that way. Michael Pittman, Corey Davis, Mo Ali Cox, and then we get into the kicker range. You'll notice that uh, you know the, the running backs for the Colts don't grade out really well. I mentioned Hines grading out better than either Jonathan Taylor or Jordan Wilkins. That's something for us to keep in mind for sure. So that's going to do it for us here this week. It's a really interesting slate um, overall. There's you know having such a diluted target tree for the Colts means there's a lot of combinations we can consider here. Um, the Titans are a little bit more straightforward, but I do like that Ferkser call. At 2200, I think he's going to be really interesting. It's Thursday night, guys. We'll have a Sunday night show for you here this weekend. We'll have the Monday night show over on the Mayo Media Network. Overall, that's going to do it for us. Hope you guys have a great week. Have a happy Thursday. See ya. <music>